0: Well, good evening. I trust you've had a good day this afternoon. It was great to be with you this morning as we gather together to continue our studies in 1st Timothy, uh, looking at 1st Timothy chapter 4. And as promised, we dealt with the first 11 verses and this evening we're going to look at the remaining verses of 1st Timothy chapter 4, which is particularly Paul's personal encouragements to Timothy. In terms of him being a good servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I want to do is just to pray, and then we'll read that little portion of scripture that we're going to look at this evening for our devotion. And then we'll unpack that uh, a little while uh, on this Sunday evening. Let's pray together. Our gracious Father, we do thank you for your presence with us in any and in every situation. We thank you for your word to us already this day. We thank you for the opportunity we have, even although we cannot be together in person, to gather as your church. Uh, and Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to be looking at your word, and in particular at First Timothy chapter 4. We pray this evening, as we think about the personal application uh, that Paul was bringing into Timothy's life, that we would look to apply that to our lives as we seek to be good servants of our Lord Jesus. Move amongst us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's uh, read 1 Timothy chapter 4. If you have your Bible, it's always good to have that open before you. And uh, we're going to read 1 Timothy chapter 4, reading from verse 12 uh, through to the end of the chapter. Uh, you remember that uh, Paul is encouraging and exhorting Timothy uh, to be a good servant. And it says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them. So that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. Amen. And we pray that God would speak to us as we look at these verses this evening. Well, the relationship that Paul and Timothy enjoyed with one another was very much as father and son in the faith, a spiritual father to a young man growing in the gift of grace, in the gifts that God had placed within his life. One of the great privileges uh, of my own life is to be involved in mentoring younger men. It's been a privilege for me at Calderwood uh, to have been involved in the mentoring of Mark Morris and to see Mark uh, go on to replant the church at Denniston. It's been a privilege to be involved in the mentoring of Thomas McNeil and Carl Morrison, Thomas uh, very much uh, alongside me in the ministry at Calderwood as my associate and Carl working with us at the present moment in time as he continues his studies and we develop him for ministry and of course I've also had the privilege of mentoring a number of young people in the context of the Baptist Union uh, as they go forward for ministry and right now one of my privileges even before uh, I was asked to be the moderator at Hamilton was that for the past couple of years I've been acting as the ministry mentor for Jonathan, for your own Jonathan uh, in the ministry that God has called him to and in all that God is doing in and through his life and in many respects I'm sure he'll be well familiar with this passage but there are so many great encouragements to young men in the ministry in this little exhortation that Paul brings uh, to Timothy and there are lessons there that are not only for them but they're for us all those of us who are older in the faith and have been walking with the Lord for many years should be looking to the younger men younger women that we can be investing our lives in that we can be praying for that we can be encouraging that we can be equipping and enabling and seeking uh, to help them in many ways grow in the ministry that God has given them. Certainly this passage of scripture is one that I always seek to have in mind in the work that I do uh, on behalf of the Baptist Union and mentoring young men for the ministry and also uh, in mentoring the young men in the life of our own church. And so uh, we acknowledged, as we were thinking this morning, that uh, Timothy, is looking after the church there at Ephesus. We know that Paul is planning to uh, come back uh, to be with him. He says, uh, even in the context of a loaded passage uh, this evening, uh, that uh, until I come there, just at the the, the start of uh, verse 13, until I come, devote yourself to the public teaching. So he's intending, uh, if God wills, to come back and to uh, spend some time uh, with the church there and also with Timothy but as he writes he he writes to him uh, encouraging uh, as a spiritual father to a son and the language of that is very precious it's very beautiful uh, there's a beautiful intimacy uh, about it, uh, you know my my own uh, son that I referenced this morning. We we do some work together in leadership. He uh, often says to me, "Dad, can we just get together and talk about leadership? Can you uh, help me uh, in some of the areas that I'm seeking to lead well in the context of my business?" and and it's always a tremendous privilege. And uh, if we're walking well with the Lord, there's nothing better than to be mentoring a young person spiritually, to be encouraging them in the things of Christ. And so uh, Paul again speaks uh, some words of courage. We know Timothy by nature was much more timid. And he says, Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith and purity. And here, the, the, the first exhortation that, that Paul brings to Timothy is one of example. You know, there might have been some in the life of the church who were uh, a little bit, you know, put out by the fact that he was this young man bringing uh, all the leadership. It's a funny old thing, isn't it? The older we get, we can sometimes uh, resent younger people and and all that they, you know, have been gifted to do and all the things that they're capable of. And yet sometimes the younger people can be guilty of being irritated by the kind of way in which at times elders will put them down, uh, you know, almost this kind of, you know, youthful image mature inexperienced. And and Paul, I think, just addresses that reality that can sometimes exist head on. And he says, don't let anyone despise you because of your youth, because of your relative immaturity in terms of years. As I said this morning, maturity is not measured in the Christian life by years. It's measured by character. It's measured by who we are and who we are becoming. And, And Paul Writing to Timothy, uh, it says to him, "Don't let anyone despise you, but what you do is you set them a really good example of what it is to live the Christian life, of what it is to be the man of God that He's calling you to be." Uh, and he he gives them five areas there. There are areas to do with, uh, you know, how we we live. They're, they're external in terms of speech and life, but they're also internal uh, in terms of love and uh, faith and purity but those things are also observable and so what we find is that he says you set the believers there a great example of what it is to live a godly life we were talking about training for godliness and Paul says you set them an example of what a godly life looks like and so he says in speech and in living in speech and in conduct now these things are very external, very obvious. You know, we've got to think about what we say. I I was speaking on Wednesday night in their own church midweek about the tongue and how we can use it to to praise the Lord and yet to, you know, curse someone else. How we can, uh, you know, be involved in blessing and cursing and how we need to train it. And I was bringing out that little uh, acronym from the word THINK, you know. Uh, before we speak, we've got to sit at turn and say, is it true? and then the H you know uh, is it helpful the I is it inspirational the N is it necessary and the K is it kind it's a great little acronym Uh, and Paul says to Timothy he says set the believers an example you know think before you speak you know make sure that what you're going to say and of course in these days you've got to extend that not just to what we might say face to face but you've got to think about social media you've got to think about the way in which we often will sometimes say something there that we might never say if we were face to face with someone you've got to think about the content of emails you know again we can't put tone into any of that and so we can't see the person face to face and so he says set them an example in speech and in conduct you know, let let your manner of living be above reproach. Remember thinking about the qualifications uh, for elders, and it's the same for the preacher. Let your let your manner of living be above reproach. In actual fact, one of the great qualifications of the elder was that they should have the ability to teach, and so again, those two things going together, uh, you know, conduct and speech, make sure uh, it's beyond reproach. But he also turned around and he says, but also set them an example in love in faith and in purity and again well these are internal characteristics there's an overflow of that if we learn what it is to love God with all our heart soul mind and strength the overflow of that is it's seen in the way in which our love for God and our love for neighbour Flow out of a life. It's the same in terms of faith, what it is to be a man of faith, a man whose trust, the first place we go to is to God Himself because we're men and women of faith. And so He says, You set them an example of what it is to be a man of faith and, and purity. That business where, again, uh, there, there's no impropriety, but in actual fact, there's a, a holiness of life, there's a quality, a character. Uh, To the living. There's no profane uh, talk, there's no innuendo, there's just that clear, crystal clear example of what it is to strive after holiness, to be holy as God is holy. Uh, And he says to Timothy, you know, set them a great example. You know, all of us uh, set an example for good or ill. The reality is, you know, people watch your life, they observe your life, and they either see something good or they see something bad they see something which honours God or something which dishonours God. You know, we will set an example. The question is, will it be a good one? Uh, And what he does there is he just says to him, you set the believers an example of what it truly is uh, to be this man of faith that that God has called you to be and that God is equipping you for. And so that's the first little exhortation. It's really just tonight uh, as we gather together a series of exhortations. Set a great example to others about what it is to live the Christian life. Uh, and then he, he, he turns around and he says to him, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and to teaching. Now, th- this perhaps uh, is particular in Timothy's situation. There could be some pressure on him. He's a young man leading, uh, you know, the young buck leading the church there. Uh, that's a lot of pressure for him. But I, I think Paul here is just gently encouraging him to, to look uh, the The authority is not in who he is, uh, you know, in, in terms of just because of the position, you know, and so he's encouraging, as it were, to make sure that everything he's saying it is coming out of the authority, of the public reading of Scripture, the exhortation, the teaching. What he what is living is what he's preaching. What he's preaching is what he's living and the authority for the position he's in and for the job that he's doing and the calling that he has is all flowing out of Scripture. Uh, And so he just says, you know, make make Scripture, make the, the, the public reading of Scripture, make the exhortation from God's Word, make the teaching from God's Word, make that the grounds of what it is you're saying. It's not coming out of who you are, it's not coming out of the experience you have, it's coming out of who God is and what God has revealed and what God is doing in and through you Uh, and so it's a it's really a claim there to say make that the kind of uh, authoritative place from which you proclaim and and do what you're going to do and then then he turns around and he says uh, you know do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you Uh, practice those things immerse yourself in them you know one one of the great uh, Reasons that the that the Baptist Union of Scotland, in actual fact, give ministry mentors, is that, that all the while they're trying to uh, identify the kind of the whole process through which a, a young man has come into ministry. And of course, I think here it's not so much the ordination of Timothy. I don't think that's at all. I think it, it just shows Paul and Timothy's relationship with such that he knew them. Uh, they knew each other really well and, and Paul had watched uh, the, the the growth in Timothy the early doors people had recognised within him uh, a, a, a gift, a spiritual gift uh, for preaching for teaching, for leading in the life of church. Uh, at the time when that was being recognised there was a word of prophecy spoken over him that Timothy was going to step up to the plate and be involved in leadership and, and direction in the life of the church uh, and also Uh, There's there's a real sense uh, in which, uh, as the the, the church had recognized that and laid their hands on him and prayed for him. And so you've got this, this combination. Paul's knowledge of Timothy is such that he says, you know, God has raised you up. God has called you. God has gifted you. That's been recognized by the church. That word, uh, uh, the prophetic word that was spoken over you, we're seeing come true in your life. That's the test of prophecy. It comes true in in, in a person's life. The things happen. But also the the folks had laid hands on him. They prayed for him. They set him apart for the the, the purpose that he was now fulfilling. Uh, And what Paul says is these are the things you have to practice. These are the things that you have to uh, immerse yourself in. These are the things that you have to give your attention to. Be about the gift that God has put, in, has put within you, and that's true for all of us. You know that, uh, and I often speak that little verse from Ephesians two, verse ten: "Your God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do the good works which God has prepared in advance for you to do." God gives to each one of us in the life of the church gifts that we have to exercise. Now, those are not, we just don't stand up and say, you know, I have to be the preacher, I have to be the leader. You know, these are things which are recognised by the body of Christ in us. These are things which folks observe. These are things which folks then want to give opportunity uh, for us to, you know, to practise them, uh, to practise them uh, and to immerse yourself in them. Again, if I go back to this uh, whole area in relation to some of the young guys, it's been my privilege to work with. One of the things that I realised early doors, I was uh, brought up. I, I, I came to faith in my, my late teens, and I was brought up within the kind of uh, you know evangelical Christian wing of the church, where the, the minister pretty much did all the preaching at morning and evening it was the the, the minister who would be preaching and you would have in the life of the church maybe an assistant who'd come in or or you might have somebody from the life of the church who was going forward to train for the ministry or you you might even have a lay preacher or something but very, very rarely did they get any opportunity to practice the gift very rarely did they get an opportunity to actually minister and I realised when I was, you know in the privilege of being the senior person that one of the things that i was going to have to do if i wanted the the young men that god had put into my life to to mentor and encourage if i wanted them to become the very best they could be then i was going to need to cut space for them to preach to teach to practice the gift that god had given them and so what i did was very deliberately uh, seek to build regular preaching opportunities and then that's becoming a, a, a lot more normal these days but the, in the days that I started to practice that it wasn't the case and and sometimes they would go off the, the young guys would go off to conferences and they'd meet other guys and they'd say I just love to preach more I only get to preach about twice a year and of course other guys would turn and say I get to preach about twice a month, you know, uh, because we're kind of developing them all the time. And I was encouraged by that because for me, again, the authority for that, the practice for that, comes right out of scripture. It's actually, if somebody's got a preaching gift, then they're only going to develop that, they're only going to refine that, they're only going to improve that uh, as they practice, uh, as they immerse themselves in the exercise of the gift. And it's the same for, for all of us, whatever it might be. We've got to kind of use that gift in order that it might blossom, in order that it might flourish. And so it's very practical uh, that if God has given us something uh, and that's been recognised and that's been approved and that's been, you know, appointed by the church that we we give the right opportunities for folks to flourish and for them to thrive and for them to develop. And it's a beautiful little picture of just developing uh, the young man of God. But this is what I love. So that all may see your progress. What we what we should be doing is we should be progressing in our Christian life. You know, I I always it almost makes me jar. When I hear people sort of say, "Oh, that's just them. You know, when they're speaking about some bad habit in a person's life, almost as if we've just got to accept it because that's them. When in actual fact, what we ought to be doing in Christ as God works on our life by his word and spirit is is ever increasingly, day by day, week by week, month by month, year on year, we should be becoming ever increasingly like Christ. And... I love the way he says, you know, so that others may see your progress. It's one of the joys of my life when I see young men, young women in the ministry just progress. You know, make great progress. Become so much more competent in the handling of the Word of God. So much more competent. Uh, not not confident in myself, competent uh, and confident in their trust in Christ uh, their preparation's good uh, their prayer life is growing alongside it they're leaning on, on God the Holy Spirit to fill them and to use them in the context they're in so that others might see a progress it's always good to see somebody progressing becoming ever increasingly more and more the person that God has called them to be again it's one of the joys even in, in the church we're in at the present moment in time when some of the folks say you know I just love listening to one of the younger guys and I just see how far he's come. And that's a great joy, you know, when you see that somebody's making progress. And Paul was very aware of that. He said, Timothy, you know, you do those things and let folks just rejoice and be delighted in your progress. That's true for all of us in the Christian life that we should be progressing in it, that we should be growing deeper in the things of Christ, that we should be growing deeper in the Word of God, that we should be seeing God move in response to our prayers and sharing that with others, that we should be encountering Him in the everyday and testifying to that in amongst one another, that others might see our progress. And then he says, keep a close watch on yourself and in the teaching, persist in this For by so doing, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. And again, there's no question there of of Paul saying that Timothy can be the one that saves. But isn't it always a joy that God reaches out to others through people like you and me? You know, God, it's God who brings about conviction. It's God who brings about conversion. It's God who brings a person to salvation. But he delights to do that through vessels like you and I and he says to Timothy he says you know you you be persevering you be Consistent. You be persistent in these things. You know, you watch yourself. You know, that example. Look at that life of your self-examination. One of the things I was talking about this morning, Thomas Watson was talking about, you know, not not kind of introspection, but self-examination. Am I living the life that God has called me to? Are my words matching what I say? You know, is there a consistency about me? And again, remember, false teachers leading others astray. He's saying, persevere. In the things of Christ. You know, don't go off track. You know, be totally focused in all that God has for you. Because in doing that, God will use you as a faithful minister. God will bring about spiritual fruit from your life. God will reap a harvest for his glory and he'll use you in the process. And I just think that's a there's a beautiful little encouragement here. Not, not just Paul to Timothy, for any of us uh, as we seek to encourage those younger in the faith than us, but also, and that's true for all of us, there are always people younger in the faith than we are, but also for all of us, you know, set a good example of what it is uh, to live for God and to, to glorify him. Make it about Jesus, you know, not about us. You know, point people to Him. He's the one that can bring about the transformation. You know, when God is putting a gift in you and He does that to all of us, then exercise that gift. Fan into flame the gift that God has put within you. Make progress. You know, make progress in your Christian life. You know, uh, let others see that you're, you're growing in your walk with God. And then just persevere, stay faithful. You know, I always love some of the imagery—not just of the gymnasium, but Paul uses of the, uh, you know, the athletic stadium, and you know how I, I run the race, you know, uh, seeking uh, to win the prize. You know, persevere right to the end for the glory of God. And in everything that, in a sense, we we see in Paul, he wants to to build that in uh, to young Timothy. He wants Timothy. To become everything that in Christ Jesus Timothy can become. And really that's, that's the encouragement tonight. Would you, would I become everything in Christ Jesus that God in Christ longs for us to be? And, and I hope it just blesses your heart this Sunday evening and encourages you. And, and I encourage you to go look at that again and just apply that to your life in precious ways let's just pray gracious father we do pray that we would set everyone an example uh, of what it is to live the christian life in speech and conduct in love in faith and purity that we would point believers and unbelievers to our lord jesus christ that we would persevere and be faithful in fanning into flame the gift that you've put within us And we, in all things, would make progress in our Christian faith for the glory of your name. We love you. May your blessing, the blessing of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit rest upon us this night for your glory. Amen. Well, thank you. It's been a real privilege to be with you this day. We trust that God has blessed you and pray and in the week that lies ahead, you would glorify him. Thank you.